And so if you have your Bible this morning, I invite you to Acts chapter 6. A couple of weeks ago, we took a run at that. We're going to push through it one more time with a little bit of different filter on, so to speak. I'm talking about servanthood. If you don't have a Bible, by the way, there's some on the sides of the tech booth back there. Feel free to go get one. You can borrow it if you need to borrow it. Keep it if you need to keep it. It would be our gift to you. If you're a user of the Bible app, Kyle mentioned, not only can you get us some information guest-wise, if you're a guest here, or if you have prayer uh, stuff that you want us to know about, uh, but also you can track along with our live event um, with the scriptures and sermon notes and all of that stuff. So uh, Acts chapter 6 is where we're going to be. The the past week, my family and I, uh, we had camp in the city two weeks ago, and then we, my family and I loaded up on Sunday. Appreciate Kyle preaching. We go off to family camp every year. One of the things that makes family camp so special to us um, is all the screaming and shouting and crazy cheers that go on. That's not the part that makes it special. What they're done, though, by these high-octane college kids, and I am so grateful for them. And As they, um, as the Um, kind of week unfolds over and over and over again, what you find is that these college students are consistently and very passionately bent towards service. I mean, like you roll up to family camp and they jerk all of the luggage out of your car and take it to your room while you go get your picture made. I mean, like all of this stuff happens and it just kind of magic, the fairy dust just, and then it happens. Um, then you come to dinner, and after all the craziness has uh, uh, settled down, uh, they bring plates out, and they're serving, and all of this kind of stuff. Oh, sir, can I pour your drink? Do you want water or tea? What world am I living in here? Yeah, give me something to drink. That'd be perfect. So drink. Um, kids' plates come out. Oh, sir, guys, can I cut her food up for her? Can I cut his food up? For her? I mean, on and on. All week long, all the time. Can I hold the baby? Can I watch? Can I do? Can I take... Just bent towards service with such consistency and such passion that it makes you say this. I've never seen anything like this before, ever. Now, at my house, being Father's Day especially, all of my family is bent exactly like that, right? Dad, can I cut your food up? Can I? That's not how it's going at all. Not at all. I mean, nowhere else do we experience this, right? And what, what's the craziest thing, or not the craziest thing, what's the coolest thing, I should say, is that, that that kind of bent towards service that makes you say, I've never seen anything like this before, opens up a door. It kind of creates space for families to be together and to meet God. So you've got this passionate, consistent service. I've never seen anything like this before that creates space for families to be together and to meet God. One more time. A passionate bent towards service that creates space for people to meet God. Does that sound like something we want to be a part of? Church can be that, folks. And here's what I don't want. I don't want you to hear, as we talk about servanthood today, I don't want you to hear somebody coming from the religious top rope with a flying elbow to make you feel sad or guilty or shamed or whatever when you hit the door. That's not it at all. We worked our tails off and served everybody we possibly could during Harvey. Amen and amen. This is nothing about like, we got it. This is not fussing. This is in the Bible, so we're going to talk about This is, hey, let's, let's inspire one another to this. Let's call ourselves to this. Let's live for something consistently and passionately bigger than ourselves. Not just when a hurricane comes along. Let's live for ourselves, I mean, for something like this all the time in our lives. So if we're going to be a people who have this kind of consistent and passionate bit towards service that creates space for people to encounter God, some things need to be true about us 
We're going to talk about those today. Acts chapter 6, you ready? Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists, that's the Greek speakers, talked about this a couple weeks ago, there was this kind of logistical problem and this racial problem, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because the widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples, the twelve apostles summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers and sisters, pick out from among you seven men of good reputation, good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. A couple things that need to be true about us. Four statements, actually, this morning. Uh, one is um, that you and I, we are called to service. Um, we don't get around that. Everybody is called to service. Why is that? Because daily needs remain. In this particular um, congregation, uh, the, there was... Uh, stuff that was being distributed and people were getting missed and stuff. It is easy in a growing church for needs to get to go unnoticed. I say that because it's one of the reasons why I think it's important for you to not only sit in this room, but also in another room, be it a Sunday school class or somebody's living room for a small group or wherever, so that needs are less likely to get missed. But in a growing congregation, like in Acts 6, like at Heritage Park, it's easy for um, needs to get missed. In growing churches, they can get missed. And so here it's, uh, you know, it's real practical for us as a church family. We have 300 kids signed up for vacation Bible school already. If your blood pressure went up like mine just now, that's okay. Uh, but I also say that to say I, we're going to need people. We're going to need people to volunteer during the day. We're going to need people to resource it. We're going to need also, we need those kind of things. We're, we're called to serve the community. There will be kids who come who hear about Jesus for the first time and give their lives to Christ because of this. Let's be a part of that, right? Passionate for service creates opportunities, gives space to people um, to encounter God. So daily, these daily needs remain. Vacation Bible school, other parts of kids' ministry. There's always stuff going on in kids' ministry. Student ministry, you can talk to Kyle about that. Um, uh, we've got stuff that we're doing uh, kind of around the church campus where we're physically fixing some stuff over and over and over again. You, you have any interest in any of that stuff? We got stuff that needs to, uh, we, people around the office who can just help us around the office. If you have interest in any of that kind of stuff, serving in any of those particular ways, you come find a staff member, let us know. We'd be happy to talk to you about that. Daily needs remain. Um, and, and in growing congregations, growing church families, those needs are sometimes... Uh, overlooked accidentally. Right. The, the second part of that, though, the calling to service is not only that the needs remain, because there's always going to be needs, but that um, the way you go about meeting those needs is that everybody gets to serve. Every member serves. So in this particular story here, you've got the apostles who are preaching the Word of God. It says in verse 4, devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry, literal translation, to the service of the Word. You've got other people who are serving. You've got this unique group of seven men who are set apart uh, to uniquely serve and take care of these widows. Every member serves. Paul, uh, the apostle, picks this up later in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, if you're looking at the app, it'll, the next little slide down, otherwise it's the uh, go pop up here on the screen. He, that's God, he gave some, or he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. So he gave these positions in the church, 
leadership, if you will. And then it says this, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until every one of us, all of us, attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So God gave these positions of leadership, right? And he gave them for a reason. Don't miss that. What was the reason? The very next phrase, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, to do what? Somebody speak. To equip, read it with me, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. I didn't major in English, but it appears to me that that means that who does the ministry? The saints do. Who are the saints? All of us, right? All of us. So the leadership positions of the church are not so much for the doing as for the training, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Why? That is a strategic moment right there. Why? Because you get to get into conversations, and you get to be in places, and you have relationships, and you're at at lunch tables that I will never be at. If you think that the church staff can pull off all the ministry that God wants to do through Heritage Park, here's what's true. You're probably thinking too small about what God wants to do through Heritage Park. We need everybody involved. Every member serves in some capacity and in some way. There's a myth that goes along with this. Uh, It goes something like this. Well, I don't really have a part to play. I don't have a part to play. Why? Because, uh, you know, I got so much baggage here or um, I've been wounded or more negatively, I just... You know, I'm just selfish. I'm not going to get up and do it. I don't have a part to play. This is not my thing. Church family, if we're going to be everything that God wants us to be, guess what? Everybody's going to have to play a role. Everybody. And that actually leads us to the next thing. Not only are we called to service, but we're also equipped. Look at verse 5. <clears throat> and when, uh, excuse me, and what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Verse 6, these they set before the apostles, they prayed, they laid their hands on them. So we are equipped for service, not only called to service, but equipped for service. These men had those two things that were true about them. They were called and they were equipped, called and equipped. Sometimes those, that order of that gets flipped, um, but uh, it kind of depends on the situation, but those two things are true, called and equipped. So uh, the reason I point that out is because sometimes uh, God stands before man and he says, hey, listen, I want you to go lead my people out of Egypt and I'm going to do wonders through your hands. And if you're Moses, you look at God and you go, hey, God, I can't even talk without stuttering. And what, is, what did God say? Don't you worry, I'll take care of that part. Called and then equipped, Right? Called, then equipped. Sometimes, though, we've got a really brilliant mind, just sharp as can be, with passion and zeal to spare, and he gets knocked off a horse on the road to Damascus. He's equipped to think theologically about everything that's going on in the world. He's equipped, and then God knocks him off a horse, and Saul becomes Paul, writes 13 books of the New Testament, and becomes the theological voice for the early church, equipped and then called. I point that out to say this, for you. Are there some places where you're standing right now where God's speaking to you and you're like, God, I could never do that. Trust me, folks, if he's calling you, he will give you what you need to fulfill that. 
Some of you, you've got stuff in your story. Uh, You've got skill sets and gifts and experiences and stuff. And God's going, hey, listen, you're equipped. Are you ready? You ready? And all he's looking for is a hand to go up and go, yep, I'm ready. You're equipped. And God's looking for the opportunity to call you. However that plays out for you, um, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to buy into this particular... um, Oh, let, let me before I get to the myth part, let me say this. Um, that as we are equipped, that health then follows kind of what I call full function. If you've got your body at full capacity, every organ is running like it's supposed to, that's when you're really healthy, right? When something is not working right, um, then guess what? You, you have this kind of disease. Health follows the full function of all the body parts. Paul actually talks about this uh, in 1 Corinthians 12. We won't read it right now, uh, but it, it'll be on the Bible app and it'll be in the notes and stuff. But 1 Corinthians 12, he looks at, uh, he looks at the Corinthians and says, hey, listen, if, you, if you, you're worried about being an eye, you go, oh, I'm an eye. I wish I was a, an ear. Um, that's not really healthy, right? Because if the whole body was an ear, where would you, the seeing be? Can you imagine if your whole body was an ear? You're like, no, that's the point, right? That's the point. And Paul goes on to say in that particular passage, he says, God has ordained all of this. So he made some of you ears and some of you eyes and a couple of you are livers and maybe a kidney or two. I don't know what role you play. I do know this, that for us as a church to be healthy, all of our parts have to be at full function. For healthy things, for us to be healthy, and then our health to grow, and our health to reproduce, and all the things that God has for us, our, we have to be at full function. And so that depends on you. The myth that follows this goes something like this, but I'm not really of value to the body. I'm like the appendix. Like you can jerk me out and it won't really matter. No, 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 no. This is not how this goes. God didn't put you here sovereignly as a part of our church family and then say this, eh, I mean, you could get traded or not, yeah, free agent, that's fine. No, no, he put you here for a reason, and the gifts that you have, and the experiences you have, and the passions you have, and the strengths that you have, all of those things that kind of make up who you are, those are, those are things that we as a church family, that we need. Health follows full function. If you're saying, I'm not of value to the body, then what you're saying is, Jesus was wrong to send me here. And he's, he wasn't. He wasn't wrong. A couple of ex, kind of sub-myths, the way that this works out. One of them says something like this. Well, if I don't have that gift, then I'm not particularly helpful. In Corinth, everybody was speaking in tongues. And so that was kind of their thing. Well, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't. If you don't. Paul's like, listen, there, there's way more important things than that. And maybe you compare yourself to somebody else. Comparison really is the work of the enemy, though. It's not the work of Jesus. Where you say, oh, but, you know, that person, they have this gift. I don't really have that gift, so I'm not as good of a Christian as them. I'm not as helpful to the body as them. All, none of that stuff. None of, put it all down. Those are all lies. It's a myth. Uh, another way that this sometimes pops up, it's particularly true in pastor land, but um, it's, it's true in other it, like It goes like this. If that person is succeeding and doing well, that person over there, then it must be bad for me. As a pastor, it sounds like this. If that church down the road is growing, that must be bad for me. Let's call a timeout here. There's 300,000 plus lost people in our area. It's not like the pie is small, right? Okay. 
And, and if, if somebody around here, you go, man, they're such a great teacher, or they're such a whatever, they're not, I wish I was more like them, I wish, you know, not. just because they're doing what God's called them to do does not mean that you're failing at what God has called you to do. Don't buy that. You are of value to the body. Jesus has put you there. Do we want to grow as a church? Yes. Do we want um, to be healthy as a church? Yes. So what's going to have to happen? We're going to have to serve. Thirdly, verse 7. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So there's not only a calling to service, and we are equipped for service, but thirdly, there is a purpose in our service. God just didn't leave us with, oh, okay, just go serve some folk. No, no, there's a purpose. And what is that purpose? This, that the gifts exist for the spread of the word. The, the preaching of the word of God as it goes forth into the world, that is the primary mission of the church. We are to represent God and get his word out there. Just like here, the word of God continued to increase. The gifts, as they are uh, given to the body, exist to facilitate the spread of the word. And you think to yourself, well, sure, that's easy to see with a teaching gift or a preaching gift or one of these other things. Yes, that's fine, yeah. What about the other gifts? The other gifts, one of two things, it's true. They either, excuse me, uh, they either um, uh, create a kind of curiosity in people, like generosity, the gift of generosity. You start exercising that, people look at you like, why are you doing that? What kind of person are you? They create generosity. Oh, excuse me. They create curiosity in people. Um, uh, miracles are that. They're just big arrows that point us to the fact that the kingdom of God is coming um, and, is, and is broken into our time, right? And so that, that's, that's the whole idea. They create a curiosity in people. The, the other thing, though, that they do, these gifts that aren't particularly um, speaking gifts, they clear roadblocks. The one that I always think of when I think about this particularly is, is the gift of mercy. You ever seen the gift of mercy in operation? It's basically like one big hug from somebody to somebody else. That's the, kind of the spiritual picture that I get. Here's a question. How many people in our world expect a fist fight, a finger in the face, or something else from a Christian instead of a hug? Right? Instead of an embrace. When the gift of mercy gets operating, what it does, people broken down, people messed up, people just absolutely wrecked their lives. Mercy comes in, swoops down, embraces them. How can I help? Oh, come here, let me cry with you. And what does that do? That brings down these roadblocks. It clears these obstacles so that people can then begin to hear the Word of God. So, the gifts exist for the spread of the word. And if they're not speaking gifts specifically, they exist to either create curiosity about what God is doing, or secondly, to clear roadblocks so that they can hear. The myth that comes with that, it goes very specifically. Well, then I thought probably only the speaking gifts actually matter. If the word is supposed to go forth through the church, then only the speaking gifts matter. But that's not true. Uh, teaching and prophetic things and that kind of thing. That's, not, that's just not true. Um, I, I would say it like this, that every gifts matter like um, a car engine and tires matter. I am not an engineer, but for all you engineers in here, just a simple question. If you had a car engine without tires, how successful would it be? If you had tires without a car engine, 
The only way you're winning there is if it's downhill, right? I mean, like, that's the only way you're winning. I'm saying that to say there's this kind of interdependence, right, between all of the gifts. And that's why, it's, that's why Paul writes about what he does. And where he talks about how he, um, uh, 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 you know, how the body works together so that the word can go out. Every gift, matter, every gift matters like engines and like tires. They work together for the sake of the spread of the word of God, which is the sole priority of the church. Now, this is, let's have a reality check here, because when we go to exercise these gifts, we embrace somebody in mercy, or we express generosity, or we speak a word sometimes. Anybody have this happen before? It gets really messy? Anybody with me on this? Yeah, it, this happens, and sometimes a lot, right? Where you, you, just, you go out and you minister, and you do this kind of thing. And by the way, one of the best places for the church to exercise the spiritual gifts that God has given us is not in the church. Because there are people out there who need mercy, right? So anyway, you go to exercise this and it gets really messy. Well, what do you do at that point? You get into the mess so that they can move forward. Yesterday we're driving home from vacation, cruising on along. Somewhere about the woodlands, we're coming from East Texas, somewhere about the woodlands on 45. The little one, the five-year-old, looks at Mama and says, Mama, I don't feel very good. My stomach hurts. About that time, you hear, we like superhero-esque launch a blanket in that general direction into the car seat and catch it just in time. Awesome, in it? Right before lunch. Pull off, get off, stop the car, get her changed, have to like reach into the back, over the back seat to get clothes out, get her all changed up with the very dry, alleged wet wipes that we had in the car. We wiped down whatever was left over, right? It's, I don't know. They don't hold moisture in like 150 degree heat in the car or whatever it is. I don't know what that's about. Anyway, so we get all that done. We're like, okay, everybody good? Good. Wrap the blanket up, you know, stick it in the back. It doesn't smell too bad. We're like, okay, we're zipping on home, back on the Gulf Freeway. Just confession right here. You ready? With that happening directly behind me, my foot magically got heavier <laughs> as I was trying to move us on down the road. So uh, anyway, we get off. We're taking the beltway around at about that time. <laughs> And round two was much worse. There was a volume to it. And the odor hit. Everybody with me on this? So we pull off hotel parking lot. We're like jerking off worse. And I don't know how else to describe this, but you're scooping it out and throwing it out out of the thing. Awful. Awful. The reason why I'm telling you that story is not to gross you out right before lunch, although you're welcome. The reason why I'm telling you that story is this. How far were we going to make it if we didn't stop and deal with the mess? We weren't going to make it very far. Further, if we didn't stop and deal with the mess, there was going to be a bigger mess. Sympathy pukers, anybody? It was going down. We rolled the windows down. I'm saying that to say this. Even though you are called to service and equipped for service and you go out and live out the purpose that God has given you, there are times when it gets messy and the tendency would be to go, well, fine then, I'll just go ahead, do your thing. I'm telling you, if we don't step out and get into that, 
We won't get very far and there will be other, if you will, damage that goes along with it. Last thing. This is, I hope, encouragement to you. Verse 8. There's, there's this variation in service also. So a variation of service. So verse 8. Stephen, full of grace and of power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. So he kind of signed on to serve tables, right? This is, okay, I, I'm going to just serve these tables. I'm going to take care of these widows. But now what's he doing? He's doing, there's signs and wonders. God is using him in some pretty miraculous ways. So from tables up to these signs and wonders in verse 9. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, of the Ceridians, the Alexandrians, those from Cilicia, excuse me, Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. They got in an argument. Uh, verse 10. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was doing what? Speaking. So we've got Stephen going from where? Just serving tables, which is awesome, um, to signs and wonders, which is awesome, to now speaking. There was this variation of service of God moving Stephen from one ministry to the next. Some people think, oh, if I sign up to do this, I'm going to have to do this forever. You may do it forever and you may love it. I was taught, and I did the uh, about six or seven years ago, um, I was a part of the funeral for my second grade Sunday school teacher who taught second grade Sunday school for, count it with me, 50 years. Now, if anybody could ever earn their way into heaven, 50 years worth of Sunday school, second grade would be it. But 50 years she taught. You may be there forever and love it. God may move you like he did Stephen. The second myth that goes along with that is that gifts then are a measure of my maturity. And this is the one probably most I hear, and it's really one of the most dangerous ones, that gifts are a measure of my maturity. If God gives me a place to teach or speak or preach or whatever, then that must mean I'm a good believer. Like I'm a really mature believer. But folks, listen to me. How many people, how many people do we know who uh, put their trust in their giftedness and crashed and burned at the end and did not finish well. We could start naming names. So church family, listen carefully. Gifts are not a measure of maturity. You want to measure Christian maturity. Let's look at things like the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let, let's, let's, let's measure Christian maturity by the fruit of the Spirit, not by the gifts of the Spirit. God once talked through a donkey, okay? He can speak however He wants to. But let, let's, let's be careful not to measure maturity with the gifts of the Spirit. Let's measure with the fruit of the Spirit. That, that's, that's a much clearer way. I'm going to leave you with this. We as a church family, like I said, we got opportunities to serve. We have responsibility to serve. We've got these places that we can kind of step up and step in to these roles. Here's my question to you. What part do you need to play? Is it inside the church? Outside the church? Is it in your neighborhood? Is it in a classroom upstairs? Is it in a small group? Is it with kids? Is it with adults? What part do you need to play? 
Everybody in here, I think you look down the road, and you look down the road at people, and you'll be like, hey, don't you want this place to be healthy? Yeah, we want, don't you want this place to grow? Yes, we want this place to grow. We want this place to be healthy. We want to be everything that God wants us to be. If we want to be everything that God wants us to be, then it's going to take everybody doing what God wants them to do. So let's pray. Um, and Father, that right there is what I'm praying. God, you would, through us, do everything that you want us to do. Um, today, I pray by your Spirit that you would inspire some people to jump in on some things that they need to get jumped in on here. They would put themselves in a position to serve in ways that um, would, would align with who you have made them to be, what you've called them to, and how you've equipped them. From the simple things and you know, almost even, we call it temporary things like vacation Bible school to much more permanent investment, however that looks, whatever it looks like. God, I pray that you would challenge us, encourage us, even inspire us to step up. God, we do. We want to be all that you want us to be. So don't let us... I, I think this is... In my heart to pray, God. I'm praying, don't let us be less than that. And in order to make that happen, help us to step up, to step up into service. So I pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said.